This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, He said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, you show mercy to others, God will be merciful towards you. In the same way, we forgive others, God will forgive us. And you know, it's something that we really need to consider and we need to examine our own personal life. Do we have grace, mercy, patience to those around us? The way God treats us directly shows us who He is. The same is with us. The way we treat others shows them exactly who God is. We must be effectively and appropriately bearing the image of God to those around us. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will remind you to be aware as you interact with His people. Whether they're kind or not, you still need to show kindness. You need to treat people as God has treated you, with unimaginable love. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter 3. As he continues his message, true wisdom comes from above. We need wisdom. We could ask the Lord, and now he's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you wisdom and then some. The fact that you want wisdom from God, that honors him. He wants you to have as much wisdom as you can have. The only thing is we don't seek it, nor do we ask for it. We don't study the word to get the knowledge and the wisdom. We, depend, we just think it's going to fall on our laps. No, we need to ask. We need to study, show ourselves approved, the Bible says. And he said, if you ask, he'll give it. And where does it come from? He goes in verse 17 of chapter 1, in James chapter 1, verse 17, he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And so every good gift, and if it's a wisdom, you remember uh, Solomon, King Solomon, when the Lord asked him, you know, what, what, just give me one thing you want, you know? What is it that you want? Just one thing, I think, is the first Chronicles. Solomon asked, can you imagine God asking you, what did, just name one thing you want, I'll give it to you. Just one thing. Just one thing. The Lord most likely already knew that Solomon was going to ask for wisdom. Just give me, not money, not fame, not fortune, you know, nothing. Wisdom. And the Lord gave him wisdom. As a matter of fact, it says there in Chronicles that he was the wisest man in his time, nor would there ever be a wise man after him. So you could consider whoever's the wisest man today, nothing compared to the wisdom of Solomon. Now, obviously, with all the wise he had, okay, he is a little minor technical. He didn't have that much wisdom, okay? So try to celebrate anniversaries with that. Uh, anyhow, not too much wisdom, but if we ask the Lord wisdom, he, wants, he gives it, and he gives it abundantly. 
And so now in verse 17, verse 17, there are seven characteristics listed in just that, listed in just that one verse. However, all those seven characteristics is, is, is going to be on top of the foundation of, of a pure to be pure, first pure. And that's the first thing that uh, James writes here in verse 17. And it says in verse 17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. First pure. You notice it's at first pure. And it's purity gives us the secure foundation for all the other characteristics that are going to follow after that. And there's a total of seven. And so godly wisdom is first pure. And nothing added, no preservatives, nothing. It is pure. And why pure? Because God is pure. God is pure. And everything from the Lord is pure. And because God is pure and we are followers of Christ, we share in the characteristics, the character of God in to be pure. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Okay, pure. And, and we're going to notice here as we read that verse from one of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in the Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the Gospel of Matthew, in the Sermon of the Mount, he gave the Beatitudes. And we're going to see a lot of parallels between the Beatitudes of Christ in, in verse 17 of James chapter 3. So the first characteristics uh, that, that just uh, takes off from, pure, from being pure is peaceable. The first characteristic of wisdom from above, first characteristic of wisdom from above is peaceable. Wisdom, the wisdom is to love peace. We are to love peace. Since we worship a God from above and wisdom comes from above, we are to be peaceable. We're supposed to, we should love peace and do all that we can to maintain peace. And I know it's hard. There are some people that are just, they're challenging in your life. But at all costs, we are to be, we are to love peace, make peace, maintain peace. And matter of fact, I love what the Apostle Paul writes in, when he wrote the letter to Rome and the church in Rome. In Romans chapter 12, verse 18, he said, if it is possible, as much as depends on you. He didn't say, find out the truth. I know they're wrong, but try to, no, he says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with some men. No, all men. Believers, non-believers, in-laws, <laughs> neighbors, co-workers, supervisors, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And we find that um, uh, being peacemakers in the Beatitudes, when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Okay, that's the first characteristic of wisdom from above. The second characteristic from, of wisdom from above is gentle, gentle. We're to be gentle. That shows that you're seeking and pursuing wisdom from above and that you're a believer in Christ is to be respectful, considerate of, other, of the feelings of others. Be, you know, be gentle. Think about the people around you, consider it. Before it is, it is forbearing, not overbearing. It's courteous, not crude. We're to be gentle people. The most gentle people, is, yeah, it, should be, it should be the talk of the town. Oh, those people, those Christians, they're very gentle. They're peaceable and they're gentle. 
okay? Now, for you, some of you guys, that may not be a manly thing, but uh, be gentle because our Lord was Christ. Our Lord was gentle, Jesus Christ. He set the example. And as we looked at, as we mentioned Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly, meaning humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And of all the past, Jesus revealed himself again of all the passages in all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there isn't a passage, there isn't a verse where, where you could see where Christ reveals him, he opens himself up publicly to say that he is gentle, lowly in heart. And so uh, we're to be gentle. The third characteristic of wisdom from above is willing to yield, willing to yield. Now this may be a hard word for many of us. <laughs> um, and and this is, is to be opening, open to reason, ready to give in when truth requires it. In other words, it's opposite of being stubborn and unyielding, right? We're not to be stubborn. We are to be flexible, you know, willing to yield. You know, it's not, it's my way or the highway. And, you know, there are people that are just so stubborn. They can see the truth right in front of their faith and face and chop because they're stubborn. They say, I don't care. I want it my way. That shouldn't be the heart of a Christian. That's not the fruit of wisdom from above for any of us. We're to be willing to yield, willing to yield. You know, there's a Chuckism, and uh, one of these Chuckisms, <laughs> what Pastor Chuck would say, and I remember when I was at work, I was ministering to a woman in my job. She was a detective, and, and she, she has all these things in her desk, in a cubicle, you know. She, she was, like, working, like, 30 years in the apartment, so she probably collect all these things. But anyhow, I, I said this, this uh, Chuckism, if you will, to her. And the next day, I saw it like she printed it out, her computer in a print, and she just stuck it on her board there. And this is the quote. It's, this is what Chuck said. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. And that is so true. When you're stubborn and you're not willing to yield, you will be broken. You're so stiff. <laughs> you know? Blessed are the that's not a Bible verse, okay? It's not one of the Beatitudes, <laughs> just in case. Hey, what are they teaching there? They add a like 20th Beatitude or something. <laughs> Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. Now, the fourth characteristic of wisdom from above is full of mercy, full of mercy. And that's not only to forgive, but also uh, to reach out to those who have wronged you. And, you know, we can say, yeah, I forgive, but where's the mercy after that? How do we know, you know, set the example that not only were you forgiven, but you show you had mercy, especially for those who have wronged us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, he said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, you show mercy to others, God will be merciful towards you. In the same way, we forgive others, God will forgive us. And, you know, it's something that we really need to consider and we need to examine our own personal life. Do we have grace, mercy, patience to those around us? It's something we always ask the Lord. Lord, forgive me. Lord, have mercy on me. Don't we pray that? Lord, have patience with me. Lord, have grace. We pray that all the time, don't we? And yet, 
We want that from the Lord, but we can't give it to others. I was one that didn't have patience or mercy for someone. I, I remember clearly, I mentioned this many times, I didn't have patience or mercy or grace for a man that I know for years and always had the problem with, with alcohol and he would always drink, he'll blow it, he'll come to me, Eddie, Pastor Eddie, Pastor Eddie. And, and then one time, it was like, I say maybe about six years ago now. And I knew, he said, I gotta talk to you, I blew it again. And as he was making his way to my office, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to you know, really be hard on this guy. That's it. I'm done. And then just before he got to my office, it's as if the Lord, boom, one, it, wasn't, it was like that one moment I broke down. It's as if the Lord said, who do you think you are? How dare you? And it just kept on going. It started it's just as you were thinking. It's, you know, it's just the way God brings to remember the Holy Spirit brings conviction and reminds you that hey is not God merciful towards you how many times you pray for mercy how many times you pray for grace how many times you ask for forgiveness and who do you think you are he belongs to me and then I also started thinking about how Moses you know misrepresented the Lord when the Lord told Moses Moses you know just speak to the rock and Moses got angry he struck the rock the Lord, the Lord said, come here, Mo, come here. <laughs> All right. Oy vey. I know they're, they're a bunch of stiff-necked people, but I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry. Who are you? Who are you? And because he misrepresented the Lord and didn't think about the mercy and the grace of God, he misrepresented the Lord. He struck the rock, and the Lord said, you know, you're not going to take the children to the promised land now. <laughs> Joshua's going to do it, and Joshua did. And so we need to be careful. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And that was the fourth characteristic of godly wisdom from above. The fifth characteristic from wisdom from above is good fruits. Good fruits are referring to good works, you know, good deeds. Godly wisdom produces good fruit. That's what it does. And, and this is exactly... Again, what James has been writing in his letter, that's the theme. He's talking about a genuine faith that produces works, okay? He says, faith without works is dead. Again, he's not talking about faith that leads to salvation, but he's talking about a faith after salvation, okay? Good fruits. When you show good fruit, it shows that you have the wisdom from above, and we are to show good fruits because not only that, it only glorifies God, but it shows the world that there is a God and they may come to faith based on your good fruits. The sixth characteristic of wisdom from above is without partiality, without partiality. And this is something that James already spoke. We studied this in chapter two, verses four through nine. And, you know, partiality is a sin. This is what he wrote in James chapter two, verse nine. But if you show partiality, you commit Sin, very simple. You know, don't don't exalt certain people over others. We tend to do that. Prominent people, well-educated people, well-dressed people, wealth, wealthy people, and then here comes in a humble man who probably has the only clothes that he ever owns in his on his back. He comes into church. Oh, you sit in the back and give no attention to that person. And that's the kind of example that James gave us. And so we need to be careful. The reason why we are not to show partiality 
It's not only because of sin, it's because God shows no partiality. Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 2, verse 11. But there is no partiality with God. Not no partiality. God doesn't love you as a believer, son and daughter of God, more than he loves the man that blasphemes his name down in town. Okay? He loves the sinner and you the same. He loves me and the sinner the same. He loves all people equally. He doesn't love one better than the other. That's not the love of God. You won't find that in Scripture. As a matter of fact, it goes against Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Now, the, the last and final, final characteristic of wisdom from above is without hypocrisy. In other words, we're not two-faced. Okay? And, and it could be easily pointed out for Christians who go to church on Sundays, and guess what? Monday to Saturday, forget it. You're in, you're, in the, you're in the club partying and cursing the storm, and, you know, and then you come Sunday to church, and you know, you're two-faced. <laughs> one foot in, one foot out. And the idea here of the, for the word hypocrisy in the Greek, especially for ancient Greek, uh, it's, it's an actor playing a part on the stage, and he portraying himself to be a character, something opposite of who, who he is. And you see it when they would take these little a mask and they'll have a happy mask or they'll change it to a sad face, a mask with a sad face. And that's what hypocrisy is. And that's what it means. And the greatest hypocrites that were, we find in the Gospels with the, with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes who pretend to be holy and spiritual, but they were far from it. Jesus said, you look holy on the outside. And they're kind of paraphrasing. But you're dead bones and you stink. You're like whitewashed tombs. You dress holy, but your heart is corrupt, in other words. And we see a lot of that. It's hypocrisy. Jesus dealt with the Pharisees because they would, they would, go, they would be hard on the children of Israel. They, they even added to the commandments. The Sabbath, they added 13 chapters of what to do, what not to do. They added to the Sabbath when the Lord says, you know, just rest. But it was a picture of Jesus Christ. Because not in a day, the rest is in the person, Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus says, the man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for the man. But the Pharisees made it hard. They themselves couldn't even follow their own commandments. So they were hypocrites. And that's why Jesus warned his disciples Jesus warned disciples in Luke chapter 12, verse 1. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. That's the leaven. That's the sin in their bread, is hypocrisy. It should never be anything, you know, in, in the life of a Christian that we should be called or known to be hypocrites. Let your yes be yes and your no's be known. Christ warned them. He also warned each and every one of us. So wisdom, godly wisdom, is without hypocrisy. We see all these seven characteristics that, that show that those who practice these things, these, these seven things in verse 17, which is wisdom from above, it shows that, that you do have wisdom because you're following it. It's not only just knowing the word of God. It's not only knowing what's right and what's wrong according to God, but it's also doing it. That's the wisdom. And so to pursue and follow these seven characteristics from above, the result will give us verse 18. Look at verse 18. It's like a parable. He says, now the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And those being peace with God, 
peace with man. And so the peacemakers will plant a seed of righteousness, a seed of peace, and will reap righteousness. And so if we seek the wisdom of God, which is from above, we have peace with God, we have peace with man. And so this is what James is writing to us, that we should not only know, as James began, his letter says, be doers of the word, not only hearers. And, you know, we can examine ourselves. How many times have we read a passage of scripture, and, yeah, we read it. We might be committed to memory, but the question is, do you have enough wisdom to follow what you've known? Do you have wisdom from the knowledge you just read? You just read the knowledge, the word of God. For example, when, when Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. We know that. We know that verse. But the question is, oh, do, are we wise enough to apply it? That's knowledge. We know it. We know the, the verse that says, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. We know that verse. Some of us may know it by heart. So that's the knowledge. We have knowledge. We have a verse that tells us to live peaceably. As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That's the knowledge. That's the verse. The question is, where's the wisdom in us applying it? You see, seek the kingdom first and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. We know the truth of that. Are we applying it? Do we see the fruit of that? You know, everything that we find in Scripture, when, when we just read Philippians, right? Esteem others better than yourself. We know that. That's the knowledge. The wisdom is applying it. So we have it all here. We don't have to go far. It's all here. Everything we need to know, it's here. This is the knowledge. Wisdom is not only just, you know, it, it is, is applying what we've learned out of this book. Everything. Everything we need to know is there. And so we have the knowledge, we just need to apply it and live it. The wisdom of God is the word of God. This is the Bible. We read it, we know it, and we apply it. So may it be your prayer, my prayer, our prayer, that God would give us wisdom, that we would live according to his word, and that our action reflects the goodness of God, knowing that this wisdom that we have is not our wisdom, it's not earthly wisdom, but it's heavenly wisdom wisdom from above. Amen? Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We pray that you continue to be with us. Lord, help us not to seek the wisdom of man, not to seek the wisdom of this world. But Lord, seek the wisdom that's in your word, wisdom from above. Lord, may we apply it, not only read it, may we be doers of the word, not just hearers. So Lord, be with us, Lord. Lord, we repent of our sins. Forgive us, Lord, if we have not lived according to your word. And Lord, I know many of us ask for wisdom. I know I do every day. And Lord, I just pray that we seek out the wisdom in your word, learning your word, and applying it to our lives, Lord. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie's been digging into the book of James. This book is like a giant mirror that forces you to take a good look at the true you, challenging you to reflect in actions what you talk about on a daily basis. It's not enough to make a statement of faith. It must be lived out. Do you struggle with matching your behavior with your beliefs? We'd be honored to come alongside you in prayer. 
won't you call or email us? All the contact information can be found on our website, runningtheraceradio.com. Again, that's runningtheraceradio.com. Running the Race is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Milford. Here's Jessica to tell you more about how you can partner with us beyond listening to our programs. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you come visit us. Service times and directions are on runningtheraceradio.com. Thank you for listening to this edition with Pastor Eddie and Running the Race.